Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X dot com. So, Matt. Are you proposing? Um, you said you were... You said you wouldn't do it like this on the podcast. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, well. Luckily uh, for everybody involved, it turns out that you are, my friend, already a, a married man. Oh, so, you got me. Okay. All right. Well, well, that's probably better for everybody. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you. This has been, been on my mind for a while. Uh, I wanted to ask you when you got married. Mm-hmm. Did you feel pressured? Uh, not by, not by your lovely spouse, who's a friend of mine as well. Like, did you feel pressured by society to get a diamond? (laughs) I, I felt the pressure of that, which creates diamonds upon (laughs) carbon. Uh, um, Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, I, I don't even know how to state it. At the time when I got married, there was no other option. The there was the possibility to get a sapphire. I think, like maybe if you were if you were just out there enough, you could get a sapphire instead of a diamond. But you had to finesse it, right? Like your, yeah, okay, your PR had to be really good. Yeah, and That's, then the and yeah. then the pressure internally from the spouse was yeah, let's go with a diamond. <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah. Yeah, uh, that that makes sense. And, you know, sometimes, as they say, you have to one must pick their battles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's interesting when we say that you had to have good PR if you were going to go for a sapphire or some other precious stone, because there is a tremendous amount of money, time and as we'll see blood 
poured into the ongoing PR campaign to make people feel like they have to have a diamond. And in this week's classic episode, we dive deep into the story of diamonds and how these stones became associated with meaningful moments in people's lives and what, perhaps most importantly, the consequences of that successful marketing have been for people around the world. Outside of, you know, our wallets. Your wallet. <laughs> My wallet, for sure. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. And I'm Ben, and today we have a very special guest with us, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to introduce you to someone you probably already know if you have checked out any How Stuff Works podcast. That is Lauren Vogelbaum. How's it going, Lauren? Uh, not too bad. How about you guys? It's going pretty well. It's yeah. nice, to, nice to see you in here with us. Yeah. yeah with I, our super producer, Noel, as uh -huh. well. And, and I, like, I like what you guys do at the studio for, for this podcast. It's kind of bright and cheery when I'm in here for forward thinking, but there's kind of this miasma mm -hmm. rising up from the floor grates, which yeah. I didn't even know that we had, so that's very fancy. Yeah, that's the uh, miasma switch over there by the on-air oh, light. I missed it. So, Lauren, you are uh, you are on numerous podcasts with How Stuff Works, right? Uh, currently, I am on Forward Thinking, and then I'm also on two video shows, which you know because you're on them with me, Ben, <laughs> uh, Brain Stuff and also What the Stuff. Yes, and recently you did a fantastic Brain Stuff episode about uh, diamond rings, which inspired us to uh, to ask you to come be on this podcast. And I don't know about you, Matt, but I'm super excited that she's here. Oh, yeah. I, I got to watch the video a couple times now just to make sure I understood some of the facts because I think you laid out a lot of the things we're going to talk about um, in some disturbing detail. Uh, yeah, I, I was trying in the Brain Stuff episode to be really straightforward about it. The episode was about why diamonds appear in engagement rings so frequently, because that was not always the case. And as it turns out, it's due to advertising. And I have a lot of feelings about it that I could not put in that episode because, yeah, we were trying not to piss everyone on YouTube off entirely. We oh, wanted yeah. to present the facts. Right. Yeah. And we i think there was a there was a definite diplomatic tone to uh to that episode uh but we wanted to delve into some of the dirty secrets the things you might not know about diamonds and what show better than stuff they want you to know for this and uh what guest host better than our resident diamond expert now Oh, Actually. oh, okay. No pressure. Sure. Th thanks. <laughs> totally <laughs> so, chill. Let's get into the science of what a diamond is, just to set up some background here. A diamond is nothing more than highly compressed carbon, the stuff that makes up you and me and all of the life that lives on this planet that can be considered living, at least that we know of, and on this planet. Yeah, it's a, uh, if we want to get <laughs> fancy, caveats. yeah, if we want to get fancy, it's a metastable allotrope of carbon, uh, which is what you should say if you want to look like a nerd at the jewelry store. Uh, and, and we'll talk about, we'll talk about whether you should go to a jeweler at some point. Oh, yeah. Wait, episode. let me get that again. Meta, what is it? Metastable allotrope of carbon. Yeah. Okay. 
metastable. That means that it's really crystallized. Okay. <laughs> Totes yeah. crystallized. Um, yeah, which is part of the the big uh, the big draw for diamonds, right? Well, yeah, they're I mean they're super awesome. When you get down to it, they are crystallized a hundred miles below the Earth's surface under these tremendous pressures and temperatures. Um, and I can say the numbers out loud in two or four takes at, at least. Uh, uh, it's uh, four hundred and thirty five thousand one hundred and thirteen pounds per square inch, and temperatures of above uh, four hundred degrees Celsius, which equals out to about 752 degrees Fahrenheit, which is really warm. Yeah, it's, it's not. Toasty. It's not chilly. No, no, it's not chilly. The uh, the fact that diamonds are made from carbon. As a kid, this was always really interesting to me because I don't know about you guys, but I had my spider sense tingling when I first learned that diamonds were made out of carbon as a child, and I thought, wait, isn't carbon just everywhere? Is it? Is it just me, or is this an emperor's new clothes situation? And then I didn't think about it for years. <laughs> but it's weird, because diamonds are the most popular gem, right? And uh, while they're often portrayed as a very rare commodity, what we're going to find out is that that is not entirely uh, the case. And That's th- yeah. not the case. It's just flat not. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, well, it was before the 1870s or so. Yes. Uh, in 1870, a specific thing happened that blew the market right open. Yeah. And we're going to find out what that thing is. So as gems go, diamonds are actually the most common. And it sounds weird. But if you think about it, there's a reason why 75% of uh, brides in the U.S. wear a diamond ring, right? That's a stat that I didn't just make up. It comes from a guy named Kenneth Gassman, uh, who is president of the Jewelry Industry Research Institute, which is a Whoa, thing. Oh, what a, what a, what an institute. What a weird no, job right? to explain. What do you do? Well, I work at the institute. I would just say the institute. <laughs> For all of them? Just all no matter what it is? Any institute. <laughs> all right. So, well, let's go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room then, De Beers. What's, what's up with De Beers? Well, De Beers is a company that controls much of the world's diamond supply in their South Africa-based company. And, well, they, it's interesting. We refer to them a lot as the cartel, the, the De Beers cartel. Yeah. And this is fascinating. Uh, ben, I wonder if you could go into a little bit about why we call them the cartel. Because they're diamond cartel, Matt. Right. Because they're a, they're a bunch of people, a bunch of uh, separate groups almost that came together to form this thing. That's what we, we've talked about cartels before. Mm-hmm. And you have to imagine it when we talk about conspiracies a lot of times. we I know I'm going a little off book here, sorry. But we, we talk about groups of people who conspire together to get things done that may or may not be above board. And this group really just meets the, those qualifications <laughs> really well. Yeah, we should, we should make a checklist. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, we also know that this group, De Beers, although they get a lot of bad press and they get a lot of good press, I assume, uh, they are just inundated in the conspiracy world, uh, because of their founder, Cecil Rhodes, or maybe it's pronounced Cecil. I imagine he was, he was a British fellow, so yeah. 
So it was Cecil? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, now I like him more. Uh, so he. <laughs> Not sure if you should. <laughs> I don't know if I should. That's kind of an arbitrary reason. But he didn't just start De Beers. Uh, no. Well, okay. So in 1870, a deposit of diamonds was discovered in South Africa. And this was the first time that a large number of diamonds had ever been found anywhere. Before then, you had to pan them individually out of rivers. It was backbreaking, silly work because like, who knows where a diamond's going to show up? Nobody. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's why that's why they were so valued, because there weren't any of them basically anywhere. Um, and then all of a sudden, this, this mine opened up. There was a huge boom, similar to the gold boom here in the United States. And uh, this, this dude, this British dude, Cecil Rhodes, moved in and uh, started buying up all of this property around South Africa, including the farm of two brothers by the names of Diedrich and Johannes de Beer. Yes, yes, where the name comes from. Uh, Cecil started out uh, renting some pumping machines to people, and as he began playing this real-life Monopoly game, acquiring land, he uh, he started to work with these people to, uh, to I, I guess maybe the right word at this point is to develop the mining infrastructure, right? And... Uh, Along the way, Cecil led a very busy life, so uh, those of you who are familiar with Cecil Rhodes probably want us to mention the founding of Rhodesia, the land, the racially motivated land grabs, uh, the, <laughs> let's see what else, the Rhodes Scholarship, the various secret societies that this man is accused of either um, being a member of or founding himself. Uh, some of those accusations Hold some hold some truth, like the the racism and stuff, and other ones have yet to be proven. Is probably the nicest thing we could say about them. But this we know: he met those brothers, right? And he uh, he said, "Guys, diamonds." I see. I see. You have a nice little farm there. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'd like to own that. And then he did. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. Actually, I've, I've not heard the story of how De Beers became the name of the company. Uh, yeah, I think it's found in the partnership because uh, Cecil partnered up with a couple of other people. Currently, uh, I believe De Beers is still owned by the Oppenheimer family. Uh, Yeah, they purchased it in 1929, in fact. So that was a little bit down the road. Now, something that you mentioned, Lauren, that I think we kind of really have to hit on here is that diamonds were not all over the place. Um, I mean, at least you couldn't just go out and get a bunch of diamonds Mm -hmm. anywhere. And... What they did is they found this huge amount of them. So they had to, they had to find a way to sell these things, right? Because they're, they're cool gems. They look really shiny and pretty and people like those things. But you've got to find a reason that some, that X wealthy person is going to want to buy one of these and for a lot of money mm-hmm. because you're spending quite a bit of money to get them out of the ground. Um, it's not easy. I would not want to do it personally. Oh, oh no, yeah. no. It's, yeah, we're, we'll get into that too. And one of the coolest things we're going to talk about is the story of how diamonds became a necessary part of the everyday life. Ah, uh, yes, a conspiracy is afoot. Not a theory, an actual. An actual conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So we know that, uh, we know that De Beers was enormously successful and, and funny thing, I feel so bad for those brothers because they sold their claim. 
So they didn't get any benefit from this massive global entity. I wonder what their grandchildren think about it. They're probably so tired of hearing that question, you know, (laughs) and say, oh, 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 De Beers, right? You're one of those people. So you want to buy me a drink? And they're like, we're broke, y'all. Yeah. They probably quit drinking because of that question. But the uh, we know that the company itself was enormously successful. When Cecil Rhodes died in 1902, De Beers controlled around 90% of the world's uh, diamond market. But where did this market come from? Matt, as you said, it didn't really exist prior to uh, 1870. And we know, as, as we said, that they are fairly rare. They certainly were not considered the hallmark of love and commitment or whatever that they are considered today. So, so you think about it. They they stumbled upon this treasure trove of diamonds, this giant box that they opened up of diamonds. Whoa! What are we going to do with all these? So they've got a massive amount of supply, but very little demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, relatively little demand at the time. I mean, up until say the end of the First World War, things were going really well for them. They were controlling the market very carefully. Mm-hmm. Um, they were consolidating all of these smaller diamond corporations, uh, leading up to them controlling 90% of the world's uh, supply of it, mm-hmm. and brought all of this together into such a successful business model that was just insidious and shiny at the same time. Um, brilliant, you might say. Nice. Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I've already used that pun. I apologize, guys. Um, that was in the video as well. Uh, but but yeah, so it was it was going along like gangbusters right up until a whole bunch of uh, world market kind of things led to diamonds decreasing in popularity pretty intensely. Uh, they were considered such a frivolity mm-hmm. in between the First and Second World Wars. There were depressions going on all over the world mm-hmm. that no one wanted to buy these things. Right. The idea would be if you have any scratch at all, then you should be spending it on something that is a necessity. So diamonds became this um, the domain of the super wealthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only so, if you have enough money to throw, just literally throw away <laughs> at this diamond. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a very important person who who will come up in, in conversation very shortly uh, said that at the time, diamonds were considered just absolutely money down the drain. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so funny how uh, diamonds are viewed now. Just yeah. that idea. Ah, right. Yeah, because so we all know a tale as old as time. Uh, you meet somebody, you fall in love, and you say, hey, let's make this official. Here's some jewelry. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> do stuff. I don't know how it works. I'm just pretty guessing. sure that's it. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so where where did this come from? We know they weren't common beforehand. People wanted gems that seemed more exotic, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think sapphires, opals, and rubies were yeah. the most popular engagement stones before the 1940s. Yeah. What uh, what what happened to that? The, it turns out that the concept of a diamond engagement ring or a wedding band is not some ancient tradition dating back to days of yore and living in caves. No, it's the work of one. Uh, one ad agency. Yeah, I'm pretty impressed by actually. Yeah, should I? Should we even say the name of the ad agency yet, or should we get into that later? Well, if we say it three times, they appear before us, right? Uh, okay, let's not then. I <laughs> well, guess let's, we'll wait. let's just be judicious. Go ahead, say it All right. like once, but not three times in a row. 
N.W. Ayers and Sons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, they were fascinating. There's, if you go on archive.org, you can find a couple of, I guess it was, I can't tell what the intent was for these pamphlets or these short books that they put out. Mm-hmm. But one of them was, oh, I forget the name of it, but it was about their advertising technique. And you can look through this whole book and it teaches you, well... Really, it's more like just somebody kind of boasting about how awesome their <laughs> ad agency is. No, That's what it feels like to me. Not an ad man doing that. <laughs> well, it, it goes into numbers and how big they are and all the, mm-hmm. the great advertisers that they control. Uh, but it's fascinating to get an insight on this company. And you can kind of see their thinking almost just by reading a couple of these pamphlets on how they worked the diamond business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were already really famous by the 1930s for doing this deep market research and uh, and pulling in psychological research mm-hmm. as well. And it was creepy. It was yeah. it, they they were really good at what they did. And so when De Beers found themselves in this tight spot, I believe it was uh the heir to the Oppenheimer empire and he was like 2029 at the time, something Mm. like that, like definitely under the age of 30. And he like went and had a business lunch or something with the head of N.W.A. and set up this deal to have Ayer look into how they could sell diamonds. Yeah, because there was a problem. The business was still going, but it was stagnating and the markets affected by the war uh, were a heavy blow to De Beers because so few people would actually buy diamonds, you know? Yeah, only some 10% of U.S. engagement rings at the time bore diamonds. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a fancy 10%. Uh, and additionally, the total number of diamonds in the United States had declined almost 50% in the United States since the close of World War One. Uh, Europe at the time, torn apart by war or has burgeoning wars, depending on which country you're looking at. Uh, and so it they couldn't be a diamond market anymore. They were busy trying to uh, stay alive. And De Beers had mastered the supply side, but De Beers needed to get this, uh, to create the demand as well. And so uh, the the clever folks at NW Air uh, did their weird market research thing, which, again, I totally agree with you guys. It's so creepy, especially for that time period. You know? Yeah, and, and if you think about it, it was actually a fairly on the surface, a fairly simple process. Mm-hmm. They would they would go out and just get basically the lay of the land, ask people, hey, what do you think about diamonds? So what's your perception of diamonds? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about who would own a diamond? Where where should a diamond go? And after talking to people, they found that they were seen, like we said, as a luxury item, sure. something that only someone very rich would have. Um, so they figured out that they definitely wanted to market to the U.S., uh, like hardcore. They wanted to just go all in and we are going to sell diamonds to these Americans no matter if they like it or not. And, um, <laughs> and again, pr- primarily because we, as we discussed, Europe was now engaged in the beginnings of World War II. Sure. Yeah. So they really targeted the U.S. and they targeted the U.S. mind, the American mind. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Uh, and here we have, uh, I think now it's time to bring our, one of our protagonists, or maybe she's more of an anti-hero, uh, into hmm. the story. Uh, there is a young copywriter who changes the world and makes the, probably the most successful ad campaign in, in modern history. I know it was rated as the ad campaign of the century, uh, in 2000, but, mm-hmm. but who are we talking about? 
Frances Garrity, a young ad woman who had actually just been hired in 1943 by N.W. Ayer. Mm. She is uh, she is the person you can read an amazing story about her in The New York Times. Uh, she's the person who is racking her brain thinking, what do I do? How do I how do I convince people that this thing they absolutely don't need is necessary? Oh, yeah. She was hired to um, to replace a woman who had just left N.W.A. And at the time, women were hired to sell things to women. It was considered a job that mm-hmm. only a woman ad copywriter could possibly do. Um, and she was paired with with another lady over in publicity named Dorothy Dignam. Dig- Dignam? Yes. Dignam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a. Uh, She's really cool because she had this, uh, she, this is the lady who had a list of questions that guys would ask her about women. Like stupid questions, like her oh, dude yeah. coworkers would come up and be like, is this an inverted pleat seam? Uh-huh. Yeah. And she just kept a list of these like under her typewriter. She considered this great market research for <laughs> things a woman is supposed to know. Right. And and these two people formed this dynamic duo uh changing the US and then later the global perception of diamonds. So the the piece of trivia here that you should walk away with is that Frances Garrity Ladies and gentlemen, is the woman responsible for A Diamond is Forever? Yes, she wrote that in 1947. Um, they were, she had been on the, on the, team since 1943 working with NWA and De Beers. However, they were, they were looking for a kind of an all-encompassing slogan. Mm-hmm. And she kind of jotted it down by the bedside one night, realizing that she had failed to come up with anything that day, and went in the next morning and presented it to the team, and nobody cared. Everyone, everyone yeah, was no like, was like, that kind of sucks, but I guess it's the best one. Let's go with it, whatever. Yeah. Uh, more martinis, I imagine, is what was going on <laughs> at the time. Mm-hmm. Um. That's so funny. Now, uh, some of these ads that were developed around that time are pretty out there. Oh, they're great. They're so beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's so enchanting. We have a, we have a couple, uh, queued up that we were hoping, ladies and gentlemen, you would enjoy hearing. Uh, and again, this is just a piece of history. I don't think people write ads this way anymore, at least not in English. Uh, there, there's some magazine ads that I think have longer copy. I'll, not along these lines, though. Not along these lines. Uh, Matt, do you, do you want to read one for us? Uh, sure. So there's one here called The Star of Hope, and I'm just going to read it for you. The engagement diamond on her finger is as bright as a tear, but not with sadness. Like her eyes, it holds a promise of cool dawns together, of life grown rich and full and tranquil. Its lovely assurance shines through all the hours of waiting to kindle with joy and precious meaning at the beginning of their new life to be. Bravo. That was that really okay? beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. cool. I, I, maybe I was wrong about diamonds, man. I know. I, know. <laughs> I think I need some. Uh, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, the, my reading is not going to be quite as dramatically interpretive as, as yours, Matt. Oh, come I, on. Don't I, sell I yourself okay. short. You can do this. <laughs> this, this one was called Majesty of love told in starlight. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm on board. In flaming glory, kingly Leo stands exalted in the sky, a star-bright monarch lovers look to as they dream. Even before seers first sighted this royal symbol, one star was formed in the earth to some day shine for you. Your engagement diamond with noble fire reflects the greatness of your love and all its majesty. Man. Wow. And that's where I had to stop transcribing because I was laughing too hard. (laughs) 
I it's mean, that, that's I mean, a great read. It's it's beautiful writing, actually, oh, which yeah. is what I'm noticing here with both of these. It's really nice. It's a different time. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, if someone had written that to me, I would have been like, I'm not sure why you're selling me stuff, but that's really nice. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Wow. I didn't know you cared, so this, Yeah, this capitalized on this thing. They said, okay, if a diamond doesn't have an intrinsic physical value, right? It's mm-hmm. not ductile like gold. It's, uh, it is... Uh, Widely used in industrial applications, but not so much at the time. They just had a boatload of diamonds, several boatloads of diamonds. And they said, well, how do we convince people we need these? We do it with this, this flowery language. We give you an emotional attachment. This mm-hmm. love or this diamond becomes a symbol of love. And they said, wait, 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 wait. People break up though. Yeah, I know. Even in the forties, people broke up. So, uh, We've got to make sure that they don't resell these diamonds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't have them just flooding the market again afterwards. Yeah, by controlling the market, you have to control the after sale as well. Yeah. It's so, worth more if they keep them forever. Ah, yes, because you wouldn't want to throw away uh, grandma's engagement ring. Oh, right. No. That's a precious family heirloom. Yeah. It means way more to you than it could possibly mean if you tried to sell it back, which is lucky because uh, if you do try to sell a diamond back, you're not really going to get any money for it. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's like buying a boat or something. You lose so much value as soon as you leave the store. Uh, the So the agency saw tremendous success uh, and the beers, of course, saw success in between 1938 and 1941. Uh, the sales in uh, diamonds in the United States, which was tumbling downward, increased by 55%. Oof. Yeah. yeah. In what, in four years? That's crazy. That's okay. crazy. Yeah, from a, I can imagine those meetings, like the top company meeting, they're just like, oh, well, great job, everyone. <laughs> bonus for you, bonus for you, bonus for you. I hope Frances got something because she she was uh, she was later going to be instrumental in this, right? Uh, she she reportedly did not see a whole lot of success during during certainly her her time at NWA. I've read, and and this may or may not be apocryphal. I haven't like double checked and found primary sources. I haven't talked to her because she passed away. Mm-hmm. But um, but uh, she. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, hit that glass ceiling that was so common, especially for women, especially in ad agencies agencies at the time. Which is a shame because they had some brilliant and innovative ideas. And I believe it was the publicist who started saying, if we'll get the little ones, rather the the, uh, less moneyed customers, by uh, getting them to emulate the big ones, right? Oh, right. Yeah, she uh, really pushed diamonds to be to be rented out, or not even rented, but just uh, loaned. loaned out to celebrities and socialites and people like that for photo shoots and engagement shoots mm-hmm. for movies, mm-hmm. uh, for the red carpet, anything like that. She pretty, wrote, yeah. pretty brilliant, gotta say. Yeah, she wrote a newspaper article that would describe celebrities, but it was totally a diamond advertisement column. The, the, yeah, she was she was writing under a fake name. Yeah, yeah, it was like Diamond Dot or yeah. something. <laughs> wow. Yeah, as we said, a little a little bit heavy handed, but yeah. by God, it worked. They yeah, al- they also created the four C's criteria, and that's uh, what are they? Clarity, clarity, 
cut, yeah. color, oh. and carrot Correct. weight. Yeah, uh, that actually wouldn't come into play until the 1960s, and that was because a, another mine was discovered in Siberia, mm-hmm. and uh, because they they realized that the conditions were kind of similar, so they had all of these people out looking for mines in Russia around that time, or I suppose the the USSR as it was then. In and, history. Oh, yes, as it was. <laughs> We've, I love that time. It's a very interesting time. And I bring up the topic of these Russian or Soviet mines because uh, the diamonds that were found in these mines were very much smaller than the South African diamonds. They are, I mean, relatively tiny. And so they had this huge influx of very small diamonds. People had previously been taught to buy bigger and bigger diamonds as the more worthwhile ones. Mm-hmm. And so now they were like, oh, how are we going to get people to buy these tiny things? And they were like, well, a small diamond can still be worth just as much if it's really uh, quality. Okay, right, yeah. okay. They changed the criteria for uh, mm-hmm. the valuation of the stone. Uh, okay, but anyway, the, another thing happened in the 60s in Japan, which was kind of a Western culture uh, invasion that was occurring. Mm-hmm. So there was a whole other market that De Beers could look at and go, hey, let's exploit this one now, guys. Yeah, uh, post-war, they, they started expanding throughout Europe, and, and Japan, they saw enormous success, and they would repeat um, the success of their U.S. market in half the time. Jeez. And guys, we know it might sound like we're being a little bit snarky, and maybe you think that we're giving De Beers the short end of some figurative stick. Uh, I will say that we have several proven horrible things. And horrible is a fair word. So let's talk just a little bit about the uh, the actual diamond conspiracies, right? Uh, really quickly, before we get into the conspiratorial part, I just have to say, because there's some really dark things in here, mm-hmm. and it makes me feel pretty terrible about my previous actions. Wow. Um, but as most of you know, I am married. I got married in 2009, and I did buy a diamond ring for my wife. And I, it was, when I bought it, it was right around the time of the crash in 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was a diamond business going out of business in the mall that, where we used to work. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. it was like 80% off. Oh, I remember this. Oh, wow. 80% off. And it's, I think, I don't, I mean, I bought this thing for nothing. And it was a fairly large, like, there's no way I could have afforded this diamond unless it was this, mm-hmm. you know, cheap. And even then, I had to spend way more money than I should have on it. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. The, but, the numbers I've seen are like 100 to 200% retail markup. That's insane to me. And I was, I felt tremendous pressure, not only uh, from society, but, and not necessarily from my wife and her family, but just I felt like I had to get something that mm. would make her feel like she's worth Aww, more, uh-huh. right? I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know how much of that I put on myself, but still, <laughs> it's crazy to think. That I could have saved that money or d- uh-huh. used, done something else with Bought it, or a lawnmower, or yeah. we could have used that money for our house that we ended up buying. I mean, it's just really, it's really interesting when I look at myself and how I was somewhat a lot manipulated. You're totally suckered into you it. You could yeah. have got a lawnmower, uh, wingsuits. Dude, so oh, many lawnmowers. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, two two things before before you move on. First of all, it's you and like seventy five percent of the U.S. population, and that's a relatively low estimate. Like I've seen it as high as eighty wow. percent. So you are not alone in this. Um, and and two, 
this is something of a side note, but I but I forgot to mention it earlier. Another interesting thing that happened with marriage in the 1930s and 40s that I think possibly helped helped diamonds boom out was that um, marriage laws were changing. Okay, previous to then, there was a law in place in most states that allowed women who had been engaged, if if the engagement broke off, they could sue their ex fiance for damages. Uh, by damages, I mean they had maybe had premarital sex, mm-hmm. and then she would be less marriageable, and so a lady could sue. Um, those laws started being stricken down in the 1930s and 40s, and so uh, I think that that it was a, a happy chance for De Beers that these diamond engagement rings were suddenly seen as assurance of value. Yeah, an insurance policy. Insurance, absolutely. Sort. Yeah, yeah. and. It, you're you're absolutely right, and with this, with this market, and I don't know. I I, I think you guys are right because it it has to be somewhat of a happy accident. You can't we can't say that De Beers somehow changed marriage laws. You know, they just happened to be around at the same time, and uh, oh, maybe they did. Maybe I don't know. they did. You guys yeah, have I mean, some wondering money faces. in the right hands. You never know. Uh, Oppenheimer was a big, big, powerful family. Yes, and still are to this day. Uh, and now we can talk about some of the things that De Beers has done in the past and in the future uh, to get a diamond from the ground to you if you are a person buying diamonds. They do restrict access, uh, we know that, to ensure a higher price for stone, and they do it through a very uh, interesting I think interesting is a fair word. <laughs> it's a very interesting method. Uh, there are fewer than 200 people or uh, entities that can buy these uncut diamonds. The Beers does uncut diamonds. And uncut diamonds are not that impressive, right? Yeah, it looks like looks stones, like, a rock. like quartz almost, yeah. uh, like mm-hmm. it could be just a crystal. Yeah, so these people who uh, – these. 200 in that rarefied air, they're called site holders, and they purchase the diamonds through something called the Central Selling Organization, which is a thing that De Beers owns, right? They sell a parcel of these uncut diamonds to one of these site holders. The site holder then sends the diamonds to a cutting facility, and then it goes to distributors, mm-hmm. and then you get uh, the advertisement, which is so famous in our neck of the woods. Uh, you get the Shane Company guy. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Do you want me to do it, Ben? I'm. I'm. I know. I know <laughs> that I'm putting you on the spot, but it's a really good one. Uh, all right. Let's see, let me see if I can find him. The Shane Company. Now you have a friend in the diamond business. <laughs> you are killing it with the voices today, my uh, friend. Hey, man. I'm trying really hard. I'm trying to impress you guys. <laughs> well, it is working. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, so we we have this this strange business model and. It is so successful that even other diamond producers who are not associated with De Beers, there are a few, uh, in Russia and Australia, are still affected by the prices set by this CSO. you got to understand that the actual supply that's just out in distribution is so smaller, so much smaller than the actual number of diamonds that are ready to be sent out if they need be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, what do they just have giant warehouses full of them? No way. Yup. 
<laughs> yes, they do. Like Indiana Jones style? Uh, yeah. Top men. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, there is a warehouse in London that just has uh, a lot of uncut stones waiting for that distribution period where they talk to, to the site holders who will later send stuff to the diamond cutters. Now, one of the big things that if you are listening to this now, you probably tuned in expecting to hear would be some of the facts about Blood diamonds or conflict diamonds, which is the less sensational term. But what are they? What What's going on with these? Well, like we said earlier, the process of collecting and getting diamonds out of the earth is not an easy one. It's not a glamorous one. And it's not a high-paying job mm-hmm. in any way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not really easily mechanized either. No. This is done by hand. And it's done in places that a lot of times have been destabilized or are just not stable. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have put that the other way. They're not stable or they've been destabilized. But, uh, yeah, they, there is conflict in that area. Uh, a lot of it's in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least origi- originally, especially, that's where it was done. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. 
Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. So this... This idea here is that these diamond sales are fueling local militias or what would essentially be terrorist groups, right? And uh, separatist factions are able to uh, garner control of a mine and then sell the uncut stones under the table to unscrupulous suppliers who then give them cash that these groups will use to uh, buy more weapons, typically. I mean, yeah. they're not buying wingsuits, it's the same black market situation that we've talked about a lot of other podcasts, especially like the drug trade black markets yeah. that are created when something is outlawed. But in this situation, there's nothing that's outlawed. It's just you've got a lot of guns and you can take control over an area. Um, mm. It's a very dangerous situation near a lot of these mines. Um, and a lot of the you, you don't really know if the gems that you're getting like in before this thing that we're about to talk about, you didn't know if the gems you're getting are clean, let's say, or yeah. not. Yeah, arguably yeah. you still don't. Oh sure. Well, th- there was a there was a big, uh, I believe, media blitz that occurred in what the 1980s. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that brought this to the public's attention, and of course, of, of course, De Beers wasn't really happy about loss of sales. I'm sure they were also not happy about loss of life. Yeah. Maybe they didn't know that this kind of thing was going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, well, I'm not saying they're heartless. Plausible uh, deniability. You know, yeah. yeah. But so they, they got together with the UN and created uh, this this Kimberly process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's the uh, way of authenticating a diamond and saying this came from a legit mine that, and it was not used to fuel atrocities. I, I think that they should call them legit diamonds, not conflict-free diamonds. Nice. Yeah, yeah, because you still immediately think of the conflict. And, right. And we should start working for Ayers, you guys, or just De Beers directly. We've got some great ideas. <laughs> or, you know, We call them clear conscience diamonds? I don't know. No. I like that. Yeah, get the uh, spiritual Ooh, yeah, crowd. Yeah. And, and also, it's one of the four C's, clear, right? Nice. <laughs> there you okay. go. <gasps> now it's five C's. Well, now we're now we're becoming the bad guys here. Uh, the thing with the Kimberly process is that it does not track individual stones. It tracks batches of stones, and it has a lot of criticism. You will see you will see ratings as high as ninety nine percent of diamonds being conflict free now thanks mm-hmm. to the Kimberly process. But it hinges on what you define. Uh, it hinges on your definition terms, right? Maybe, maybe all of the bad batches of, of conflict diamonds are in that warehouse in London. Maybe they keep oh, them there. Oh, till they can pass. It must be like customs, till they can pass customs under assumed diamond identities. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm joking around, but, uh, mm. but, but, but it is a, a really unsettling issue. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry I'm being 
so jokey about it. it this is a horrifying reality. It's 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 almost impossible I I find to to not kind of be light about this sort of thing just so that I'm not in here just sobbing onto the microphone cover. Yeah, especially when I think about the the diamonds that are on my wife's finger. So, yeah. yeehaw. Well, they you know, it's doing something, but candidly speaking, the the effects are middling. In, in ter- at least if you listen to the critics. In fact, one of the nonprofit groups that's created the Kimberly process, uh, this place called Global Witness, uh, they're not going to participate in it. In 2011, no. yeah, they said they're out of it. And they called it an accomplice to diamond laundering because, Yeesh. yeah, the weakness of the Kimberly process is that it depends upon paperwork and bureaucracy in some of the easily most corrupt areas of the world. So how much do you have to pay somebody to stamp your diamonds and launder them? When you own a diamond cartel, you have money to do it. So Yeah. Also, diamond launderer just sounds like a cool job. I like that. Uh, and I am going to, Matt, I feel like I've unfairly put you on the spot asking you to do some voices. So I'm going to do Leonardo DiCaprio from Blood Diamond. Yes. Oh, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> They have a word for people like me. Ubuntu. It means white man in Africa. That's it. That's all I got. That, that was great, man. That was man. pretty good. Really? It's wow. better than my you. Leonardo DiCaprio. Do you have a Leonardo DiCaprio? No. That's okay. <laughs> all right. Well, if you want to pipe in and surprise us with it, uh, we we could definitely use uh, some lighthearted stuff in, as we said, a very, a very heavy and difficult issue because the conflict diamonds – or the the price that people pay in human life doesn't stop at the mine in India, where the vast majority of the world's smaller diamonds are cut. Uh, it depends upon child labor. There's no way around that. Mm-hmm. And that's because of the size of the diamonds, right? And oh, because their tiny hands are the best yeah. at getting. Oh, that's okay. Yep, that's okay. The truth. Yeah, and there are all kinds of effects on kids who work uh, in this kind of field, mm-hmm. Ugh, if you wouldn't even call it that. Uh, there's all kinds of things like severe eye strain, motion injuries, lung infections from inhaling diamond dust when they're cutting diamonds. <sighs> and those are just a few of the things that, that these children are affected with, and and that's that's freaking depressing. Yeah, our Valentine's episode is turning out to be kind of a downer, you guys. Uh, so De Beers also has some legal issues. Uh, they can't exist in countries with antitrust laws, which, <laughs> although Comcast may not have heard, the United States still has. Uh, the, the antitrust laws in the United States, while not perfect, do uh, pr- create a, a large obstacle for De Beers, which is why you see it working through intermediaries, retail jewelers. You see those vague ad campaigns. Uh, there was one where there's a, just two silhouettes meeting and only, oh, yeah. only the yeah. ring yep. is visible, right. which I, I thought was pretty cool, actually. Uh, numerous academics have also accused De Beers of either accidentally supporting conflicts in uh, Sierra Leone, South Africa, other areas of the continent, or purposefully destabilizing an area to gain control of a mine? Mm, no. You don't like it? I don't like it one bit. Bad, <laughs> bad company. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> However, uh, De Beers was uh, in U.S. courts as recently as 2004 when they pled guilty to price fixing in yeah. an effort to get into the United States. 
Uh, and you'll be glad to know, Matt, that the United States remains the biggest single market in the uh, in the diamond business. Oh, good. Well, I'm not the only sucker. Thank you also, Lauren, for your reassurance earlier. Yeah, no problem. <sighs> There's one other thing we should talk about, though, and that's the, the future of diamonds, right? Which, uh, which is going to be changing due to the advent of synthetic diamonds. Yeah, uh, lab-created diamonds are pretty nifty. Mm-hmm. And probably conflict-free. I mean, there might be people arguing in the lab but I don't know <laughs> how far they went with it. Uh, through a process called chemical vapor deposition, uh, these these diamonds can be uh, created to a point where they are as good as a natural diamond, so much so that the differences are indiscernible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can even be more pure, more... Uh, the, it can be created better. Mm-hmm. We can make them better. and we Stronger, do. faster, more seductive. That's right. <laughs> and the coolest thing to me is that we can recreate those pressures and the heat that exists so deep in the earth. Yeah, yeah. Um, and traditionally, I think this process has been used for... Uh, scientific diamonds, because mm-hmm. diamonds are, are tremendously useful in certain lab applications, uh, mostly involving lasers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. cool pew-pew, stuff like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the lower quality ones are the ones that you're gonna see on a, on a saw or something like that. You probably don't need to turn to a lab to create a diamond good enough to grind up and put on a saw blade. But maybe you should. Maybe that would really be better for all of us. Mm-hmm. And and the prices are starting to come down, I think, as this technology uh, improves. Improves is a good word, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so hopefully, I'm, I'm personally crossing my fingers that, uh, that this will be able to create a second market. Yeah. Or I guess a third market, because there's mm-hmm. a second market of, of vintage diamonds. Right, yeah, the the heirlooms you find at estate sales mm-hmm. and such. And the culture, I would say, is arguably shifting away, at least slightly, from diamonds. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had the conversation with my wife before purchasing a diamond, whether or not we should get a diamond, because of things like that movie that we kind of made fun of, but the Blood Diamonds movie, and awareness that was created around that time, uh, for me at least, and maybe my generation. We almost didn't get one, yeah. But then we did. Also, I wasn't making fun of that movie. I I watched it this week earlier. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, awesome. I just don't want I don't want people to feel like I'm unfairly dismissing uh, Blood Diamond. And on this show, we do try to be fair. This leads us to some interesting questions. De Beers, the organization itself. Um, has has clearly and provably done uh, terrible things in the past, but is is De Beers wrong for convincing the world that they need this thing that they don't need? Is uh, that wrong or yeah. is that business? Yep, that's wrong. <laughs> uh, <it's laughs> flat okay. out, not okay. Um, well, I mean, it's very clever business. Mm-hmm. It's mind-blowingly impressive what they have done with this commodity that was previously worthless that is now on the finger of a near countless number of people around the world. Yeah, it's kind of like lobster, you know, how people used to hate lobster was food for orphans. Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in certain areas where, where there was too much too much lobster going around, you know, it, its servants had to had to, there was a law that was placed in New England mm-hmm. uh, way back in the day that was like, y'all cannot service lobster more than like three times a week. 
for serious. Yeah, because you start to get that rabbit starvation if that's all you eat. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I guess that's a podcast for a different day, along with many of the other conflict resources on the African continent, including, if you were listening to this on a smartphone, some of the stuff inside your phone as you hold it right now. I don't know. I don't know where we go from there. Really yeah, yeah. I'm like, yay, the world is terrible. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's bring it up note. Warren, we want to thank you so much for uh, coming onto our podcast. Uh, where's the best place for people to catch you in uh, in the meantime? Um, in general, you can go to brainstuffshow.com or just howstuffworks.com, and my picture's up there. I've, the one with the bangs. You'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. the bags. And you can find Lauren on youtube.com slash howstuffworks and youtube.com slash brainstuffshow. Oh, yeah. And uh, fwthinking.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, like we said, you're pretty much everywhere on the Internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thank you guys so much for, for having me on the show. This has been so much fun in a really pleasure. depressing way. Oh, yeah. Oh, We're yeah. going to have to go look at some photos or puppies or something. But Baby hedgehogs. Yeah, baby hedgehogs. They're yeah. great. Really? That's the go-to now? Yeah. Uh, so if you want to send us an uplifting picture of a cute animal, uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, well, I don't know if enjoyed is the right word, but if you thought this podcast was worthwhile, then please let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can check out every single podcast we have ever done on our website, stufftheydontwantyoutoknow.com. Man, that's a long name. It's the best one, though. Is it? Every yeah. time we say it, I partway through saying it, I go, wow, I'm still saying that name. It's got such authority. <laughs> it's just it's so huge. Yeah, it will crush you with its lettery might. Lettery might. I like it. And that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is one eight three three stdwytk If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.